It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Make your winning move today and bet at MyBookie. Use promo code GATERS and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And Gators Breakdown is proud to partner with America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GatorsFree and use code GatorsFree for free breakfast for life with active subscription. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. All right, what's up? Gators Breakdown plus members. What's up, Man, um... Newsy day, huh? Never a dull moment. <laughs> Never a dull moment for sure. This one, uh... I mean, look, we all know these were coming. Uh, transfer portal... Departures. We'll have to wait a little while for incoming ones, but some guys also announced they're going to stick around Florida, as one Cam Jackson did announce he's going to stick around. So, but yeah, a um, little bit of list here of guys who have announced that they're going to put their name in a transfer portal that opens next Monday. And of course, be hot and heavy. Trying to follow it all, but man, these next few days, there's just, <laughs> we've, I mean, this is just a tip of the iceberg, I think, when you start adding in uh, what we're about to see comings and goings in the next week or so. <clears throat> but yeah, getting together, of course, first time Florida since, since the Florida season has ended, five and seven, the loss of Florida State to end the year of. Unfortunately, there. Um, so we can, uh, you know, if you guys want to talk about the season a bit in totality, I think we can do that a bit. Uh, we can go back and look at the FSU game. Uh, I know the season was ugly, so I understand if you don't want to talk about it <laughs> all too much. But uh, um, we can go that. Of course, we'll talk about all the portal news, coaching changes as well. First time we've all gotten together since Corey Raymond and Sean Spencer have been let go at Florida. So. Yeah, we got we got there's plenty of avenues to go around with this episode of Gators Breakdown Plus. This chat. Uh guys, if you're not uh actively talking, could you put your mic on mute? Um I think that's Ryan Hicks, maybe Ryan. But uh yeah, wherever you guys want to go. Things are trending toward ETN leaving. Is that sort of the latest? 
There. Yeah, yeah, that is the latest from everything I've gathered. I guess we'll start there. There you go, Christian. Yeah, <laughs> you go put a, put us on the spot right here with the biggest with the, with the biggest story, of course, to come out in the last couple Got of to. days. Yeah, I, I guess you, okay. I guess you kind of have to there. Uh, yeah, running back Trevor Etienne. You guys have been keeping up with it in the Discord. Uh, there, um, it's not too new of news. Uh, I think I shared the picture that I got. Back November 16th, I think, was the date on it. So about two weeks ago uh, that this was uh, possible, um, that he would have interest in transferring away from Florida. And I know in a lot of ways it doesn't make sense. Um, I guess if you look at it from his way, uh, he wants to win more. Uh, That's the vibe that I have gotten uh, from this. Now, of course, he'd be definitely getting wherever he decides to go if he decides to go. Some nice NIL package, uh, wherever he, but, uh, that this is more. Man, so somebody got it going. That was not me. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> Ocho trying to uh, soundboard out, I think. Um, but yeah, with, 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 with Trevor, of course, the NIL is going to be a play a part of it. Uh, but also, I, I think winning the losses piling up have a lot to do with this. Uh, would sting, uh, of course, if you're Billy Napier and the storyline of preaching patience, preaching, uh, you know, a somewhat slow build, going to build this the right way. And you've got some good pieces, but those good pieces don't see it all the way through. Uh, and, if, you know, if that's what you're banking on as a coach of, if, of developing guys that you brought in from your transition class and you know it, it paying off down the road or your second class and paying off down the road. Well, you can't lose one of your best playmakers to do it. Uh, so I think that's a uh, part of the way Billy Napier has chosen to attack uh, of building this team. Stings. If you leave, if one of your foundational pieces that you're counting on in year three to help turn this thing around are not on the roster. So there's a couple other ways to look at it too. The running back position in and of itself may be overrated, maybe a little expendable, but in the way Billy Napier has chosen to build this offense, the way um, you know his offense has looked, uh, of course, in his first couple of seasons throughout his career as a head coach at Louisiana and a play caller as an offensive coordinator, uh, you know he still likes to run the ball. Uh, and Trevor Etienne has proven to be one of your most explosive guys. So um, it's a little more valuable in a Billy Napier offense. Uh, and of course, what we've seen the last two years, whichever ETN at the same time. So yeah, it'd be, it would be a loss. Uh, I think now that, you know, next year, does the offense open up a bit more? Does Graham Mertz come back and that allows for the offense to open up a little more and you rely on more in the passing game and it doesn't maybe hurt as much. That's a possibility, but right now, given what we have seen, I think what we, you know, go to ha- have to go by, you know, many angles, this hurts as you're losing a playmaker and, you know, that foundational piece that you probably need in, in year three to turn this thing around. Yeah. Um, just counterpoint. Yes, he's one of our best players on the field. I mean, on our team. But it's like you said, it is the running back position. Um, Billy Napier's system kind of is built for a running back to be successful. I mean, both Johnson and ETM's numbers were, were pretty even um, throughout the year, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, so, yeah, like I, like we said, he's he's a huge uh, playmaker, um, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. I don't think offense um, – I don't think ETN is going to be the difference in winning eight games next year 
um, which is basically what Billy's going to have to do probably to keep his job. Makes the getting uh, Carroll last season, you know, so important. Getting him back, I guess, potentially, hopefully, at least that's what it seems to have been reported is that he's coming back. And then yeah. Brown Webb looked good when he played this year, right? So I, I'm not going to try to spin it as a good thing. He's obviously a great player. You don't want to lose him, but I think it does mean, you know, more carries for younger guys. And just as far as like the flow of the depth chart, I feel like it makes sense. You got an older guy in Webb, or not Webb, uh, Carroll, and then Johnson. You got Webb. And then you got Kanan Daniels coming in potentially with Jaden Ball, right? So we're bringing in potentially two backs in this class. I just think it it does kind of make sense. It, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Well, He's I, a great player. I, I think that's probably a good way to put it. I don't think you could spin it as a good thing, but that still doesn't mean it has a huge effect. Um, yeah, I don't think it's as bad as everybody's making it out to be. Um, definitely not a good thing, though. Well, I think we have said, and I know the conversation has gone on, and this is probably the biggest part of it. Optics surely don't look good. <laughs> if you want to go that route, yeah, that's that. I think that, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that that's the worst part. Uh, hey, you're trying to turn this thing around. We know year three is so important. It may be do or die year. It's hot seat, and you're losing one of your best players. Uh, so the optics of that <laughs> don't don't look good. Yeah, to be fair, one of the optics at UF have <laughs> looked good. I mean, under the Napier, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but you just go back to our off season last year with with the whole recruiting fiasco and you know, um, Kamani McLean and Jaden Rashada. I mean, we're just a glutton for punishment. I think really this needs to be the mantra going forward, man. We need to win more. He's yeah. right, absolutely right. It, it's disgusting, man. Yeah, but poster that that's part of it. Um, you know, this is where I, I think losses piling up can hurt, uh, or actually does hurt. Uh, from what I can gather, um, from people I trust, it, a win win loss record does have a lot to do with this. Uh, he wants to go if he decides to leave. You know what what put this in his mind is to go somewhere and win. Uh, so um, the first two years under Billy Napier, not not winning a whole lot of ball games, and look, that's the that's in today's college football. That is the the tractor of the slow build. Um, the guys can go. Guys can leave anytime now. And if they, you know, they they may tell you, coach, we're here with you for the long haul. We'll help you build this thing back. But once losses start piling up, it may get old for them a, a little bit. So they may feel like they need to go win in their third year. Maybe feel like they need to go to a bigger spotlight as their you know college career could be dwindling down. Getting ready for the NFL. Especially at the running back spot, you know, you don't. We know how the NFL values it. You don't have, you know, they, they don't run you in the ground too much anymore. You don't get a whole ton of carries. You know, you're you're limited just by your position anyway. Uh, so if he feels like, you know, at the running back spot or if any other position, maybe where right, I only want to play three years in college, I want to go and you know, get those two contracts in the NFL that are oh so important. Well, you only got so many carries to do that, uh, and so you know, does he feel like? And if Florida gives him the best spot to do that, looks like if he decides to leave, then maybe not. But um, it is, yeah, the, the loss is piling up. I think there, there's a couple ways of looking at it. Want to win more and also just doesn't really give you that buffer uh, to sell everybody that you brought in, even though they're having success that, you know, this thing's headed in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, I, I can't, can't say that I blame him. 
And, and look, that, that's the bad thing about the, the, the slow build. Into, I'll go back to that point, the slow build in today's college football. I mean, look, we know FSU's brought up all the time with this comparison of Napier and you know, the slow build and, you know, they did it. But look, still, like, college football has moved that fast in just this short of time. Um, you know, we're still in the infancy of transfer portals, still in the infancy of NIL. But, I mean, guys, we're seeing it the last couple of days. It is nuts out there right now. The game is changing so fast. And I'm not sure. It, it Maybe it's different in the SEC just a bit. Uh, where the competition is, is is so hot, is hot and heavy, and there's much more pressure on you to perform a little bit faster. I just don't know. I I don't know if if uh, you know just complete tear down and thinking you're going to get three four years to show it. I don't know if that's possible anymore. That's that's my thing with him. I don't I don't know. Like you have to make hires to keep up with Georgia and them, like and your other rivals and to be able to compete. And the thing with him is just, it's just like, he just, like in his mind, he's just thinking rebuild, rebuild. Like, and I think that goes, that goes onto the field too. Like when he's talking in press conferences saying we're years behind, we're like a class or two or a class or a half behind Georgia and these other teams. Like, no, you should be wanting to compete with them every single year. Like, not to compare another coach, but, like, a freeze with Auburn. Like, he's competing, like, right now. So, next year, even if he does lose, like, it'll still – it'll probably still be close to, like, a Bama or something like that. But that's what, like, like we say, like, Mullen or we have a talent disadvantage or whatever, but you have to go in a portal and get those players replaced. Like, it's just like he's sat with those players. And then just said, oh, well, we have a talent. Um, we have a, um, there's a talent disadvantage. And then just kept playing and just kept those same players. And that was it. And then went into the season. You can't do that. Like, we don't have time to keep rebuilding three to four years while Georgia gets a championship every single year. Like, you have to know the program, have to know what's going on in the SEC and your rivals. Like, now FSU is up now this year but we don't know about next year but like it just doesn't look good yeah i mean kind of maybe finish that thought up there it's just um like i i think it i think some of us wanted more sense of urgency to begin with but i do think at the same time a lot of this caught by surprise of how integral the transfer portal has been NIL has been and just how fast maybe the uh, mindset of players are changing in this new world of college football. Um, Yeah. I mean, guys sticking around, you know, through rebuilds may, may be a thing of the past as well. Um, but look, we're, I'm, look, that's one player with ETN. I don't want to take it to, you know, the extreme, not everything's zero, not everything's a hundred, but. Uh, certainly. You were sold a false bill of guilt. A false bill of goods. We were supposed to be a run first team. We haven't done that either of these two seasons. And it's, it makes me, what is the identity? Like, what is it, man? Yeah. And you, you guys have heard uh, really well, bad defensive team forced <laughs> to throw the ball more than we wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Will, Will, Will and I have brought up the identity of this team a bit uh, the last couple of weeks. And that is a good point, too. You know, with the way this defense has played, it's maybe forced Napier to be. Uh, certainly 
changing uh, a bit on uh, on offense more so than he'd want. But, hey, but at the same time, I do think, you know, even early on in recruiting with some of the good wide receiver recruiting, some of the, the type of receiver we've seen that may be coming in this class, you know, DJ Lagway as well, uh, maybe there was a realization that he needs to adapt and change a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, we'll see, we'll see what that means, you know, going into next year too. And, um, you know, assuming, uh, Graham Mertz will be the quarterback there, but, uh, anyway, he had his, uh, exit meeting on this Wednesday. So, uh, I guess likely to come back. I don't think it's a hundred percent. He comes back, but you know, if you ask me right now, I get, I guess I would say likely. Um, but you know, we got the news today, of course, of Max Brown, uh, transferring out of the program and no huge surprise. If it looks likely Mertz is going to be back, you got DJ Lagway coming in. As soon as DJ Lagway committed, uh, to Florida, um, I think that was pretty much the writing on the wall. We all know the Rashada and Austin Simmons saga and storylines to go along with that too. Uh, I don't know if any of us really ever saw Max Brown being much of a chance at starting at quarterback for Florida minus what happened last week, uh, you know, an injury there to Mertz and he gets a one start, but not a, not, not a season starter or anything like that. But I think uh, as we talk transfers a bit and we finally, you know, get some official news this week of intent to transfer starting next Monday, uh, it does come out. Max Brown is on going to be on his way out. You know, it, it's kind of weird just to, Hey, he started the game last week. And now he's, you know, already put his name into the transfer portal. But I also think we know it's no huge surprise with the quarterback situation at Florida. What caused uh, Caleb Douglas to transfer? Um, the calls, I, I don't know. Maybe he couldn't get on the field. Couldn't get on the field. He was hurt. Um, I yeah, I don't know how how much that plays into it. Um, that is one I kind of want to follow around more a little bit. I mean, it's no huge surprise. I think if you start looking go if you start looking down the receivers. Um, he may not be the only one. Uh, Jaquavion Frazier is a transfer portal uh, possibility. Uh, Marcus Burke is a transfer portal possibility. I mean, Florida could be, you know, Ty Bowman is, a, is another one of guys that are on scholarship that could be seeing their way out of this program. Uh, but maybe, you know, with the possible emergence, uh, or maybe, look, maybe Burke stays, and maybe the possible emergence of an Aiden Mizell, uh a, as well, you know, maybe eats into that. I, look, I think he would have played just because of who Florida has at wide receiver and the depth chart. I mean, I think given the little bit of experience, I think he was starting earlier in the year before he got hurt as well. Um, he probably would have played and started next year too, so I think that is why it was a little bit of a surprise. Caught some people off guard, uh, but look, I mean, if we're going to sit here and say, you know, Trevor Etienne is no huge loss for Florida because of an offense, whatever, and Caleb Douglas is not either. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, um, it, 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 yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it, it would be a stretch to say, oh, this really hurts Florida. And it doesn't really. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see where, you know, Florida's, I think, certainly still got to go transfer portal hunting at the wide receiver position. Um, but, you know, this was one I could, I could take or leave. You know, I, it, it's no huge loss. And I don't think, uh, um, you know, It'd be look. There's no difference in win loss record because of Caleb Douglas being on the field. No, I just thought it was odd. I thought he would have a good chance to start next year, so yeah. I didn't know if something caused it. Yeah, I mean, I, he certainly would have a. Yeah, I, he definitely would. He definitely would. No, I honestly don't think that offense was our issue this year. I mean, a couple of games here and there, but 
definitely not the reason we uh, we lost as many games as we did. I mean, we need to get the defense fixed, and I think offensively we should be okay. We haven't we done the things we need. Line. We we can't fix the defense with the way we're recruiting, man. We needed three linebackers in his first class. Like, it's not going to be better. <sighs> we just had four. It, it, it can be better. I mean, we're getting new coaches. I mean, it's already been said that what Raymond just wasn't a good fit for Austin Armstrong's scheme. I mean, it, it can get better. I'm not saying it is. I mean, we definitely need to add players to the portal, linebackers. You know, a defensive end, good pass rusher. I mean, yeah, another defensive tackle maybe. But it, it, it can't get worse. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's pretty much. Oh, Ryan, don't say that. We've been saying that I for know, four I years. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you're saying. There's, there's, there's but, level. I mean, realistically, if we, we go with the 105th worst defense, I mean, there's only 120 teams, so we're not really. We can't go that much further. I mean, it's it, it's bad. It's, it's it's all there is to it. That's where we need to make our improvements on the offseason. Yeah, I mean, and that's why you saw Corey Raymond and, and, and Stapleton were the first coaches. I mean, um, Spencer, excuse me, Sean Spencer were the first um, coaches fired. I mean, that's making a statement, and Napier, that's Napier making a statement in my mind. But that's the thing. Now he has to make up for what he didn't do year one when he came in here mm-hmm. for. Uh, last year, like he's making, he has to make up for so much stuff, and it's yeah. hard. Like I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he's going to get. Like I'm waiting to see all the hires, but I believe that he should be able to get eight wins. I want him to stay, but the thing is, it's just like you just made it completely hard. You just made it so much harder for yourself this year. You just made it so much harder going into next year. He's been doing that since, since yeah. day one. Yeah, I mean. We, we that's that's that kind the, of the, the mindset that the he had when he was told about the smaller. rebuild. We've we been told that you don't get a rebuild. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, keep on that storyline since we are on defense. I think we certainly have to talk about the latest storylines today of the guys that are leaving uh, and one coming back. Of course, uh, it's being reported, and I don't think it's any surprise, but nothing official. Uh, Kamari Wilson would be on his way out uh, at safety. Of course, didn't play. Lots of talk of maybe him. he should be moving a linebacker in the offseason, him not wanting to do that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, not playing <laughs> really at all this year. Uh, and, of course, uh, not really even on the sideline. Uh, so so um, Kamari Wilson reported there that, that, that he'll be entering the transfer portal. Uh, well, he had some family members saying, you know, dismissing that claim right now. 
Uh, Will Norman looks like he's on his way out as well. Uh, the word I got there, maybe just not a fit for small college town life. Uh, of course, from the Northeast, went to IMG, Florida, uh, both IMG guys so far, Kamari Wilson, Will Norman, um, that so far not working. <laughs> you finally get some traction in IMG and the guys you've gotten so far uh, won't, won't be sticking around right now. Uh, but Will Norman, uh, of course, not really um, uh, do it. Mother passed away as well. So maybe that plays into it late. But I think this was already in the motions before that. Uh, just not necessarily a fit. Uh, also, Sean Spencer, who he did know somewhat before uh, coming into Florida, since he's not here as well, uh, kind of riding on the wall. So Will Norman uh, look, looks to be on his way out as well. And then the big news of Cam Jackson returning uh, for Florida up there, up the middle on the defense. Big news. I think Florida certainly uh, can use some continuity there. Um, certainly not a liability uh, there in the middle. Maybe didn't make as many plays as we wanted to see from him this year. Uh, you don't really get that from that spot a whole lot anyway. Kind of more of a do-your-job uh, role there. But, um, of course, transferring from Memphis uh, and, and coming in. Didn't uh, duplicate the stats uh, from Memphis to Florida last year. Of course, ramp up in competition. Uh, only played 11 games this year. Uh, missed the Arkansas game off the top of my head, if I remember right. Played in 13 games at Memphis last year. But if you compare last year uh, to what he did this year, he had 19 solo tackles last year at Memphis. He had 17 this year at Florida, so very close there. He had 22 assisted tackles at Memphis last year, 15 this year at Florida. So that gave him a 41 total last year at Memphis. He had 32 this year. Uh, they have two and a half tackles for loss last year, only a half tackle loss credited this year. So um, not a huge, huge um, disparity there with one less being one, one, two less games being played. So it had been very similar to his Memphis production had he played in two more games, uh, I, I think, there. So uh, pretty much... Now, you're kind of status quo, uh, but maybe a little better since you get a ramp up in competition from Memphis to Florida as far as stats go. Uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, you know, a couple guys on their way out, Kamari Wilson, Will Norman, and then the big news of Cam Jackson returning. I mean, we need him. I mean, his numbers might not have been as good, but we, we got to oh, yeah. have defensive linemen. And another year in the system. I mean, who knows? Yeah. New defensive line coach. Maybe, maybe we something, something will. Maybe he can get better. Kind of see I mean, that too, because be him. need 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 that because you know there is some talk of maybe Chris McClellan, um, maybe weighing his options. Yeah. Uh, as well, so it would be huge uh, for Cam Jackson to return. Um, Desmond Watson as well, maybe another candidate to hit the transfer portal. Uh, so Florida, I think, needed to anyway hit the transfer portal, but also, um, you know, and uh, Sapp's name, I think you could probably throw him in there as well from from talk that's going around. So, you know, Watson, McClellan, Sapp, you know, guys there that you could be counting on in the middle next year in the interior of this defensive line. Um, with Jackson coming back, great, but you still probably got to hit the transfer portal again. Uh, we saw some good things from Jamari Lyons besides spitting on uh, guys last week. Uh, Caleb Banks <laughs> this year as well. Uh, so, uh, but, but yeah, but, but hopefully, you know, somebody like Chris McClellan, who you've recruited and who was in your first class, I think has potential here for Florida. You keep him in the fold. Um, that w- would be nice to add to, you know, whatever you can get from the transfer portal again uh, in those spots.
And LJ McCray may be so special as a true freshman, uh, but he's still kind of more in the edge is what they're telling him. So, uh, The defensive linemen who are thinking about leaving, is it more the coaching change or is it just all the losses? Um, I don't think it's coaching change because I was hearing those names beforehand anyway, except for Sap. I uh, Sap's name kind of I heard yesterday, so that could have something to do with it. Um, I think he has a kid as well. Um, and, and, you know, being from South Florida to um, maybe plays into it. Um, McClellan. I mean, at that point, so, most of our best defensive linemen are leaving. If they all enter in, I mean, they're probably not all going to enter in, but that's the majority of our defensive line. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, something to monitor. I mean, I, I, I don't that, basically, you know, putting it out there. So if you guys hear it, you're not totally blindsided or whatever. You know, of course, not everything even being said, but usually if I hear names uh, like this, it's not made up. It's uh, it's it's coming from a reliable part that, hey, there's interest, yeah. there's a possibility that these things could happen. And look, that's the thing. If you get so close to it, you see how fluid a lot of this, a lot of this stuff is. <laughs> so, uh, not everything. I mean, when you go stuff. five and seven, yeah, this is what this is the repercussions. I mean, this is what happens. Like we said with ETN, players want to win. I mean, yeah, but as far as all the defense alignment, they can go. That, that, that's perfectly fine. It is a you, – you, you do find yourself in a weird spot there because, um, of course, the play wasn't good. Uh, just defense, terrible. Um, and, you know, as we said with the coaches, nobody's job should be safe, and this probably goes for the players as well. Um, you do hope if guys are in their you know youth, their young part of their careers, that they can still develop, they can still take another step. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, – we, I think we have this conversation before we go into every season and we see this experience chart that comes out and, hey, this team's bringing back so-and-so many juniors and so-and-so many seniors. Well, how much does that really mean when you're not good in the first place? Uh, and I think that's a valid question we could ask ourselves here. Um, I think there's something there with, with McClellan and Lions and and Sap and, and you know, it's um, – I think it would kind of sting to have to go hit the portal that much just to make up for the the numbers there. Uh, we, we I think we saw some good things from some freshmen this past year, but not really on the interior. Uh, minus McClellan in his second year uh, and Lions finally getting some snaps and Caleb Banks as well. Uh, so I think there are some pieces. Um, I wouldn't mind most of those guys coming back uh, with some different leadership at the defensive line, but at the same time, when you look this bad. You know, I, it can yeah. you can you can look at it the other way as well. When you're this bad, it's not just players and it's not just coaches. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just for depth, I mean, McKellen and um, Sap for sure, and Lions. I mean, he started to come on late in the season. I mean, all yeah, three right, of those no, I'm be, not hearing anything. I'm, be, bring, I'm bringing his name up as somebody who produced. I'm not hearing anything on Lions as far okay. as good. Going, okay, good. Yeah, going out or anything like that. Um, but yeah, McKellen and um. I would like to have them back. Uh, there is, I mean, some, especially if you can move Sap back inside to his natural spot. I mean, that would that would really help out. 
Our, our interior D-line was actually the only thing that was good. I mean, we yeah. stopping interior runs, we did fine. JP Gator uh, shared some stats there that were great. Right. And a lot of guys had to play out of position. Like I, I was telling you before before the year even started, Caleb, Caleb Banks should not be playing tackle. Right. And we had almost playing exclusively there. Like He was the one getting blown off the ball pretty much all the time. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to see it with Boone in there and guys playing. I mean, that's kind of been the bugaboo of this defense. You know, Jervon Dexter playing a lot of out of position last year, playing too many snaps last year. Guys having to do it again just because it's, they haven't built up the depth yet. Um, would guys go down that, you know, now you got to just shuffle the pieces to get bodies in certain places. You like to have guys that play their roles all the time. You know, you, you'd like some versatility. Uh, it, it happens, but. Um, it does seem like when one injury happens, it kind of just derailed whatever plan they had up front. Where's the discipline? We lost that game versus FSU on two penalties, basically two unsportsmanlike penalties: the targeting and the spitting. The targeting one, I still go back. That was that's so tough. Um, I mean, you, you got to be coached not to kill the dude, man. <laughs> they went to the ground and crushed his head. They didn't try and tackle him. No, they went to hit him. There's a difference between hitting and tackling, and they did the hitting. Okay, but you're running full speed. If he decides that like, he slid a yard before the first down marker, if he if they run- hit him with open arms, they don't make that call. It's they called it because they didn't. They go down there to smash him with their freaking shoulders. But my, if you make any contact to the head, I mean, he's fine. No, I get that. Look, I, I, that I'm not, I'm not, I'm been here for five years, and that's the first time that he's had an instance like this where he's been thrown out of game for targeting. So if you're going to blame Billy for that, saying it's a lack of coaching after five years of having one issue, then you're, you're picking and choosing who you want to blame. I'm just saying, say say where to make your look. He slid a yard before the first down marker. If I'm a defender, I'm thinking he's running all the way to the first down marker. So in that split, yeah, those, those plays happen in that split in second decision. I don't know if I can put it on the player. Yeah, I mean, we, we see that play happen all the time in football. It, it's and it's only a penalty since they started enforcing, you know, protecting the quarterback more. So I mean, it used to not be a penalty. It's, it's also like when you're on the field, you don't you don't know exactly if you're on the 37 or 38 yard line. I mean, it's. It's a bang bang play. That that's just really tough. Um, he would have. The thing is, he might have gotten the benefit of the doubt if he had made any effort to pull up or avoid yeah. quarterback. But uh, what the refs are looking at is, it is forcible contact to the head. He is deemed defenseless because he had given himself up. It's tough. I, like I don't blame Jaden Hill, but you know, I'm sure on film they showed him and said, "Hey, do this next time." Have they watched film since the game? <laughs> <laughs> well, his coach just got fired, so yeah. That play happened right in front of the uh side judge too. Hey, you I mean, UFC it was a very MC Gator fan. Uh, my bad. UFC MC Gator fan. I had to mute your mic. Well, I'm getting a whole lot of noise there or whatever. So I mean, Florida, Florida State, you kind of get there's going to be penalties. I mean, that's just what it is. But that was our worst game for penalties. What did we have, 80 or 100 yards on penalties? 
Yeah, I think it was eight for 90-something, I believe, something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just you're not going to win many games like that, I mean, especially with a backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the, defense like ours. Yeah, the spitting, inexcusable. Yeah, you had the exactly. You had the good field position that was wiped out by, what, a block out of bounds mm-hmm. on that, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's the, the stuff there. They said they called holding on that play that he'll kill that quarterback, though. <laughs> Yeah, if you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it. So don't pass up a chance at easy cash with my bookie. My bookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. So you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL, Conference Championship Week in college football this week, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie using promo code GATERS to claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code GATERS to claim your bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And hey, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And you can make it more wonderful by using America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Your holiday shopping is made easier by shopping online, so why not make your meal prep easier too this holiday season? So skip that extra trip to the grocery store and instead get fresh ingredients and delicious recipes delivered right to your door from HelloFresh. The most wonderful time of the year is also the most delicious. Every bite of the holiday season with HelloFresh. Choose from over 45 weekly recipes, and over 100 curated picks from the HelloFresh market. One of my favorites now, just started trying it, the breakfast. I'm a big fan of those quick and easy turkey sauces and cheese egg bites. Pop them in the microwave, and you got a tasty hot breakfast really quick. So treat yourself today. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GatorsFree and use code GatorsFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GatorsFree with code GatorsFree. We've only we've we've brushed by it a little bit, but Raymond Gone, Spencer Gone, surprised, not surprised. Is it worthy? Is it not worthy of firing? Um what how, how do you how do you guys see it? Uh, you know, Will and I, I talked what Will and I talked about it on, on the heels of it the other night. Uh so you know most of my thoughts, but uh I'll kind of just repeat what I said earlier. You know, no, nobody's job should be safe uh, here when, when when your defense is that bad two years in a row. I know it may be some surprise with Corey Raymond's reputation and and all that, but he hasn't coached, been part of a good defense since 2019. And is that all him? No, it's not. But um, you know, tail end of LSU didn't end so well. First two years at Florida, not there either. So, uh, and look, it, it was. Not necessarily not where they're going at it all the time and whatever, but just you know, philosophically, not maybe a good fit here uh, with the Austin Armstrong, Patrick Tony defenses uh, of the last couple of years. So um, all in all, maybe not a huge surprise there, uh, but I can see where it is. Uh, and then Sean Spencer a, a, as well. I think that one, in some ways, that one surprised some people more so than than, than Corey Raymond. So. Uh, but yeah, nobody's job right there should be safe, and we'll see. Uh, I don't. We'll see what happens on the offensive side, uh, but on the defensive side right now, um, Corey Raymond, John Spencer out. 
Well, Raymond's recruiting wasn't at the same level either that it was at LSU. So, I mean, that's kind of, in my mind, why we, one of the big reasons why we brought him over here. I mean, he had a solid class last year, but I mean, it wasn't LSU, you know, the five stars that he was reeling in over there. Um, and then, like you said, the defense was, was atrocious the last two years. So, and nobody's safe. Point, point me to a position group that's doing well, yeah. and that's a coach I want to keep. <laughs> it looks like Billy G. Of all the freaking coaches we got, <laughs> Billy G. looks like the only one developing players, and <laughs> it's infuriating. And he may not be here after this year. He probably will be one of the ones let go. <sighs> yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know as far yeah. as the offensive goes. I, I, I really don't. Uh, that one's been kind of fluid the last few days or so of, you know, both offensive line coaches, now only one offensive line coach. Uh, I, I'd expect Rob Sell to stay the way it's looking right here. I mean, look, I, I'm going to put this episode out for everybody, um, but you know, for, for just to chat here as we talk about it here on a Wednesday night, November 29th, like I said, everything's fluid as of right now. And, and, and probably this decision's probably been made. Uh, but when it starts filtering out, what can you believe or whatever? I assume that from everything I'm hearing, Rob Sales at least going to be safe um, there. Does that mean Stapleton goes? Does that means he stays. I, I I don't fully know uh, right there what happens with Napier and the OC thing and you know, Billy G as well. Um, I you know player interviews are happening this week. Um, we got the defensive announcements early in the week. Uh, Probably maybe to get a start on the the hiring process there on that side of the ball, uh, but we know look the offensive side of the ball is Billy Napier's, and how much is he going to be willing to give up? How much does he want to give up? Um, I think it was a foregone conclusion that maybe he's going to give up play call. I don't know if it's so foregone con- conclusion now. Uh, if he does promote in staff, is that Russ Callaway? Is that hire made outside? Uh, is it a NFL hire? Does a timeline of that play into it as well? Uh, I think there's a a lot of ways to look at it right here for maybe why we haven't heard some things on the offensive side right now. I'm going to be a little disappointed if we stick with the two offensive line coach system, to be honest. I just haven't seen it work out. Dave, if, if Napier promotes from within the staff, is it just going to be more of the same, just a different person calling it? Um, I'd say yes. If it is Callaway, I could see bringing back an experienced Mertz, some of the weapons you have at receiver, finding ways to open it up a bit more. And at that case, now he he did have a more open offense at Samford. If you want to look at the stats, I'd have to really go back and look and see, you know, is that offense very, uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of offenses that cross, you know, similarities. Um, but you know, I don't. Was it complete air raid? Was that was that, that more of that background? I maybe Ocho knows if he's still in here. If he went back and watched, um, we're not necessarily watch, but no, he think about Callaway at Samford. Uh, and but he's but he's been around. I mean, he was part of the LSU offense in 2020, I believe. Um. Helping Stevens Minger in the passing game concepts after Brady left, uh, so there's a background there of a, uh, offense that we can go back and look at. Uh, but 
I think it, I think it'd be much of the same. Maybe just finding ways to open it up a bit more. By open up, you mean? Do you mean you know down, more downfield? Yeah, yeah, like, downfield you know, shots, thirty plus yard passing down the field. Because that was that was. I mean, March was fantastic, in my opinion. I think in many opinions, people's opinion, but you know, just that you know, going thirty plus downfield stretching the defense open it up deep and keeping the safeties back a little bit you know if if, if graham can can that's not his game get, can bring that to his game a little bit more i feel like that opens up a lot of things yeah i mean downfield shots you know different route combinations maybe that help like i said I think just adding that stuff uh, maybe a little bit to what we see for for, for the offense I, I don't think it's gonna be some massive change i, I just I, I don't and I've kind of stood by that. I'd like to add an offensive line that can pass block so that we can complete <laughs> those, take those 30 yard shots. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's part of it too. No matter, no matter what um, we want to do as far as opening up the passing game, if those five guys in front of the quarterback aren't any better, it ain't going to matter. Yeah, I mean, we, we Billy loves to throw downfield. Yeah, that's true. Downfield. <laughs> Anybody except USC last year, but um, it's a different story when you have Mertz versus they are. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's just not Mertz's game. I mean, he's not the strongest arm, and he's not, you know, the best passer downfield. He's a line of scrimmage, you know, he's best from 10 yards in. I mean, it is what it is, and he's been really good at doing that for us. I mean, it worked. I mean, don't you think with better protection, though, you know, they, they kept trying it. Uh, every time they'd get near yeah. mid, near, every every time they get near midfield, you know that play action <laughs> shot was coming, and there'd be pressure mm-hmm. right in Mertz's face almost every time they tried it. Um, still, don't you think maybe even if we take what we know about Mertz now, that they could probably maybe hit one, two, three more game in in, in certain games? Yeah, absolutely. If 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 we can give him protection, I have no doubt that that he can be more successful at that. I'm just. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's it's not going to be something you rely on all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it also takes the wide receivers getting separation, you know, be able to get get open, too. I mean, it's a lot more than just Mertz not being able to make the throw. I mean, it's – Yeah. Our best best downfield threat or wide receiver is Cleo Jackson. I mean – You're right. Like, who's going to make these plays downfield that people want? I mean, and that's where, you know, we see, you know, Ricky and what he was – Good, uh, and you know, I don't think he's some deep field downfield threat that scares defenses. Uh, but he's gone. Yeah. Um, Wilson's not that. Wilson's not that guy. As 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 much as we love yeah. Wilson, he's not that guy. You know, and he's now quick. Uh, yeah. Just how do we, how do we how do we know Trey Wilson is not that guy? He's got the speed. Him and Aiden Mizell both have the speed to be able to to stretch a defense. But every it seemed like so often it was. It was Trey Wilson in some sort of, you know, you know, across the the form, you know, the the formation, you know, the the line of scrimmage to the backfield, you know, and, and let him do something with it once he catches the ball there. And but he's catching it at the line of scrimmage or two, three, four, five yards down, you know, not stretching like his speed can do. Like I, look I at just, the Georgia I, game. I don't look think he's. The, yeah, no, I I just don't think he's a nine route guy. I guess that's my point. Yeah. I, I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm not, not a nine route guy, but yeah. he could definitely do more than. I mean, the opening, the the play, opening drive of the Georgia game 
look at look at it. We looked at that. We're like, oh, look at this. This is this is what we you know he can do. And all of a sudden, it was like up. Oh, it stopped. But it didn't. No, but here, here's, here's, here's it thing. didn't. It never. It, hang on. It never stopped. He he okay. has more, he had more than twice as many catches this year as freshman Percy Harvin. More than twice as many catches as Zach Branch at USC. Like everybody thinks Lincoln Riley is an offensive genius. Why couldn't he get Zach Branch the ball? I mean, like we got to be realistic about this stuff. Fair point. You're not fair, gonna have a freshman. Point. You're gonna have a freshman yeah, with freshman. a thousand yards and a hundred catches. It's not gonna happen. Good yeah, he's point, a freshman. Good point. Doesn't know the whole playbook. I mean, yeah. I just think his year, athletic he's ability. Gonna, he's probably gonna be really good next year. I mean, his his <laughs> athletic also, during ability that time, and speed open things up. I think during that time the offensive line was they were good, but to think about. Our team and the reason why I'm so confused with Billy is he knows like when one bad thing happens, everything falls, like everything just collapses with the team. So when you make when you do trick plays that don't work, ever since that moment when the trick play didn't work, everything went downhill from there. And it's like with him, it's just like how do you not see that if one thing doesn't work, like when you get too cute, when you try to do the double pass, you do a, you do um, a pass to Wilson in the backfield, and then you try to do another one to Ricky, and that stuff doesn't work. Like once you get sacked in the backfield on those trick plays, everything goes downhill from there. And that's my thing. It's like you have to understand that with your team. And I think he's even said that too, how like it, it's hard, like the, the room for error is just, you can't really mess up there, and he he did it in some games. It just it's just so confusing, like well, in those games. Like you can't do that, and that's well, why that's, yeah. not, that's when the offensive line didn't work. That's when that's when everything went out the door after that first drive, and then if it's just have, like, go ahead. If you have talent, if you have a talent deficiency, I don't see how the answer is being more simple, more basic, more simple. Like you do have to mix things up. You do have to try things that are high risk, high variance. And when you do things that are high risk, sometimes it doesn't work. And by the way, yeah. I, I've got, a, I got some bad news for everybody. Who, that double pass actually came from Russ Calloway's playbook. He ran it at Samford against FSU in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and if the offensive line blocks, that double pass has a chance. I'm not saying it does work, but it has a chance. I mean, I don't blame Billy for taking a chance with a backup quarterback, you know, knowing that we're struggling protecting him, you know, just being a drawback passer. We're trying some trick ration, getting the ball a little bit deeper, more time, hopefully more time for to throw the ball, but that didn't work. I mean, they, they blew right through our offensive line and they were in the backfield. I mean, killing, <laughs> killing him as soon as he released the ball. I mean, and he was, Eight nine yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, yeah. had no time. So I mean, people, people, we we do this. Is a mistake we make as a fan base is we do this like hindsight. You know, oh man, we were up twelve nothing. How could how could we take a risk there? Okay, well, if we were up twelve nothing and we ran the ball three times and got stuffed and had three and out, you'd say, oh, conservative, predictable Billy. <laughs> exactly. Those yep. shit. Like we, we don't actually have a narrative that's coherent. We just complain after we watch the play, and <laughs> when you call the play, you don't know what the result's going to be. And if that play works, we're having different conversations. That's the, that's the, that's the beauty of trick plays, though. That, that, that is the yeah. – yeah. uh, Trick plays have that uh, 
have that reputation. It's uh, um, damn. I mean, Michigan practically, Michigan practically beat Ohio State because of a running back pass. I mean, we scored a, a two point conversion this year on a running back pass. Like when it works, we like it, and the coach is a creative genius. And when it doesn't, he's an idiot. I think the thing is, yeah, like, if you go back to, even if you go back to work, we still lose by thirty. It don't really matter. <laughs> if you go back to like the South Carolina game, like you even see you even see a play where like Wilson is the running back. Like you can't give him a toss or something instead of giving it to ETN or Johnson. Like I can see, like I get what y'all are saying, but like we have instances where he was doing, he was just finding different ways to get Wilson a ball. And it's like, it goes away. And it's like, I don't, I don't get it. Like you couldn't have, like South Carolina game came was right before the Georgia game. We seen Wilson get the ball like a toss in the backfield, but then we would get to Georgia. All of a sudden, that just goes out the door. My that's a good is, point. That, well, that's Georgia's defense point. has it's, a lot to do with that too. I mean, they well, the, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. You're supposed to be able to. You're supposed to be able to scheme around that. Like you just have to. Like you always have to give the players the best players to give you the best chance. To win, you have to find a way to get them the ball, and it's just like I feel like he just laid down. Like he, you take like Wilson doesn't even be on the field. Like that's just crazy to me. Like he has to be involved in something, and I just feel like that you can't. That can't happen. Like you have to. You have to. Like we, we should have. We it should have been closer. Like that should not have been a score. Like I really don't think that should have been a score. And I know there were plays that they were showing like. Oh well, um, the same play that Wilson scored on um, later on in the game, it didn't work or something like that. Well, he caught the ball and he got six yards. Like he got yards up the field, and I don't even think that was the same play. But it's like we have the opportunity to give our playmakers the ball, but I just feel like Billy just didn't do that for some reason. Like he doesn't even put them on the field. Like this is crazy to me. Like you see that well, stuff against it- Arkansas. You can't tell me you tell. All right, we can say Georgia. Fine, they they shut them down or whatever. But we can't say that against Arkansas. Like there, there's no way you're telling me Arkansas could have shut down uh, Wilson. There's no way he shouldn't have been off that field. Like I would force feed my best players the ball, and I think we would have won the Arkansas game. Like it's just those little, those little stuff where like possessions where Wilson's off on the field, and you get him mismanaging the game at the end of the game with Trey Smack and everything like. That stuff could be avoided early on in the game. That's just my thing with him. Oh. Just Getting Trey um, Wilson in the backfield, you know, think about think about 2007, 8, 9, Percy Harvin all of a sudden shifting from a wide receiver to a backfield slot or position. You know, defense that had to account for him, one of the fastest, if not the fastest player on the field. And defenses had to look at him, had to pay attention to him. Now there were other factors, obviously, Tebow and a bunch of other factors. But get, having opportunity to have, you know, get the, the football into the hands of your, your fastest, your best player, I mean, it le- at very least makes the defense have to account for that player. And, and, and I noticed at least once – uh, Keon Coleman for Florida State was lined up in the backfield for uh, on their on offense for them, you know, to that to the point that the other guy was just making. It's it's a great point, you know, move him around, get Trey Wilson 
in a position where the defense was like, all right, what the hell's going on here? What are they doing with him? And confuse the linebackers, uh, confuse the safeties, and, you know, see if you can pop something. Because it, sometimes it'll pop, especially with an athlete like Trey Wilson. Thornton ran a lot of 12 personnel this year, and he wasn't on the field during those. I mean, I, I don't think he's that great at pass blocking right now. So, you know, you saw Jackson and Pierce all out there. Um, whenever we were in 12 personnel, he'll be he'll be taking Pearsall's spot next year as the number one guy. So he'll be on the sure. field more. I mean, I think these are all valid points, but it's still freshman year. I mean, defenses do adjust when you keep when you give the ball. I've got a guy the ball, you know, six times or seven times in two drives. Well, they're going to start, you know, doing something to 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 limit that. I mean. We run the ball primarily, so like I said, when he's not on the field, twelve personnel. I, I, I mean, I don't know what you, what you want there. I mean, he's got to get better at blocking and 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 get to that beat that second. Um, you know, take take Khalil Jackson's spot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, we'll move on here a little bit. Any, I guess, wish list for defensive line coach and DB coach. Um, I know I, I, I guess I'll start, you know, my, my wish was Charlie Partridge. I don't think that's going to happen. Defensive line coach from Pitt, um, does have interest. Uh, as far as I know, as of now, just late Wednesday night, no contact from Florida side, uh, on that, it was like Florida wants to at least start in a different direction there. And look, Charlie's name comes up. I'm, I'm a, I will say, good acquaintance with with with, with Charlie uh, for a few years now. Um, met him through Bill King uh, on the Bill King Show, where I'm at in Nashville every Tuesday morning, and we've talked f- uh, for a few years now. And I'm just, um, you know, through Mullen, through Napier's initial hires when he was hired as head coach at Florida, and now. I mean, we've talked almost you know, every time Florida has a defensive line coach opening, and he's been interested every time um, and not get a call. You know, and, and there may be something to that. I know that Miami fans have brought his name up before. FSU fans have brought his name up in, in some regards uh, as well. Um, but um, not getting a job in the Big Three from the state of Florida has his recruiting ties there. Was head coach at FAU at one time, but doesn't look like that will uh, be happening uh, there. So. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see about these hires. Um, yeah, I think there's some other names that have been thrown out there. Uh, 24-7 Sports on three, putting together a list as well. Uh, Mark Ivey at Louisville's name has come up there. Spent 16 years as a high school coach in Florida. 
Uh, but you know, his the app state was uh, his alma mater. Uh, been part of Scott Satterfield's staff uh, a, a good bit, so has that connection there. Still at Louisville now. Um, stuck around with Jeff Brom, uh, so we'll, we'll see with, with the coaching change happening there at, at Louisville. Um, but he's been there for a bit, so could that be one? Uh, Roy Seagrass for the Jaguars uh, has a connection to Billy Napier, um, twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one at Louisiana with Billy Napier as a defensive line coach, assistant head coach. He's with the Jaguars now. Uh, so connection there along the defensive line. I don't know if there's any, you know, I, I tweeted this out too. When we have these big boards, when we have these lists, um, a lot of times the hires don't come <laughs> from that and the popular names that are out there. So I don't know um, if there's one that's just kind of maybe obviously overlooked that becomes the hire. Uh, but of course, you know, those are some of the most popular Chris Rumpf, of course, uh, in the NFL with the Vikings now part of Florida staff before under Jim McElwain, his defensive line coach. Um, I think the interest is to stay in the NFL for him, but he's another name that comes up a good bit. But uh, what you guys thoughts, defensive line coach replacement or uh, a wish list guy for you guys? It's awesome. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to do we think uh, there's already traction on the defensive line since Cam announced a little earlier than he, he thought he would? From what I can gather, there's traction on both. So, okay. DB uh-huh. and defensive line. I would Good Armstrong work with before. Yeah, NFL would worry me about the timeline. Uh, so, that's why yeah. and with, with, that, with that traction, with the rumored traction, it makes me think it's probably not NFL either. Um to, to get this thing going there. Uh, somebody else, uh, I didn't see who it was talking, but yeah, I tweeted this out too. Austin Armstrong's a young defensive coordinator. So what's the coaching circle like for him? Is it, uh, you know, you go back to his GA days um, under Kirby at Georgia, uh, and maybe there's some connections there. He's at Louisiana. So, you know, is there guys, I mean, I, I know, um, Oh, what's the name of the DB coach at Louisiana that, you know, I think would kind of be disappointing for a lot of people if he was the the, the hire. Uh, Burris, is that his last name off the top of my head? Uh, anyway, he's DB coach at Louisiana now, I think. Um, yeah, Jeff, Bur- Jeff, Jeff Burris. Burris. Yeah. He played defensive back at Notre Dame, I think. In the yeah, yeah. So I know his name's coming up. I think there might be a connection to Armstrong there. Um so, but that's the thing. He's a young defensive coordinator, two years at Southern Miss. So I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to be jumping up and down from any connection there <laughs> if he decides to bring anybody from Florida. So I, I don't know about the, I mean, the coaching circle's big anyway, of course. We know he's got a history with, with Kirby and uh, a lot of those guys that, you know, Lanning and all, everybody who's been on that staff uh, under Georgia or under Kirby. So there's connect- connections, uh, of course, but I don't know their, uh, the relationship, I guess I should say, uh, with guys like that. So, um, we're talking about some names that are out there a good bit, but I'm just not so sure it's going to come from a lot of the, the names that we're, we're throwing out there. As far as DB before and you I, said, go ahead, go ahead, Ron. You, you said that, um, earlier in the, in the group that, um, you think Armstrong's going to have a lot of say in the fire. That's what, hires? that's what I was told. Uh, he's going to have a, a good bit of say in, in these hires. That, um, that, that's a little worrisome just given he doesn't have a very, you know, big background, only only being a Southern Miss. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure of Napier being the head guy, um, ultimately, I don't, you know, would go through him. 
Uh, but from what Good I was told, Armstrong would would have a huge, huge uh, say in it. Uh, we'll go DB, and then maybe you guys can combine them. But uh, Zach Etheridge is the hot name coming up now at Auburn, his third season at Auburn. He's a secondary coach. Um, Houston before, he was with Napier at Louisiana in eight in 18 as the cornerbacks coach. Um, so there's a connection there. Uh, Doug Belk, Houston, of course, probably the, one of the more popular names. Uh, coming out does seem Georgia may be interested in him um, after their DB coach got the head coach job at Syracuse. Uh, so Belk was with Houston for five seasons under Dana Holgerson, uh, his third as defensive coordinator. Um, but Belk and Napier worked together three seasons at Alabama. So that's why his name was coming up for the DC job early uh, as well. When Napier was hired at Florida, uh, Belk's name was very popular there. Uh, Corey Bell, uh, everybody knows that name. couple of stints at Florida. He's at FAU now. Uh, apparently, he has interest in the job, so probably a name to look out for there. Uh, and one more, um, Azar Abdul-Rahim at Boston College. Fourth uh, season at Boston College. His this year co-defensive coordinator. Um, uh, defensive back coach there as well. Uh, it was with, he was at Bama in 14 and 15 with Napier and Boston College's past defenses have been pretty good uh, the last two years. So that's kind of an uh, off the beaten path name uh, with a connection to Billy Napier back from his Bama days. So um, those are the kind of names I say you, you look out for <laughs> in these in, in these there. Like I said, that's not necessarily a connection to Austin Armstrong. Uh, so maybe, you know we look past something like that, but I do think you have to look at uh, Billy Napier connections as well with some of these. Yeah. I mean, I think Napier's job, I mean, he's on the hot seat, so he's, he's ultimately going to make the hires who he thinks is best going to, you know, turn this thing around. I'm sure Austin Armstrong is going to have a lot of input. Um, but I still feel like Napier is just his job. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to put all his eggs in Austin, in Austin Armstrong's tires, and you know, just, just see what happens. What's the problem with uh, Austin Armstrong having a lot of input on it? I mean, having you know, hiring a defensive line coach and a DBs coach who well, I mean, he, he knows, should have input. You know <laughs> that he knows works would work well with him and what he wants to do could be a plus. Well, it, it could be. It's just that is that where youth comes in again? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, yeah it's like you said, his circle is just not that big. We don't we don't think right now. Yeah. And you know, like I said, you and you use the coaching tree uh, as well. It doesn't have to be somebody he's super familiar with. Um, you know, there, those guys in some ways do help each other out a lot. Um, so I'm sure he'll be making some calls and, hey, you know, I vaguely know about this guy. And I'm sure he knows somebody who knows that guy much better than he does. So um, it, I don't think it has to be, it, it, you know, he don't have to be buddy-buddy. It doesn't have to be uh, a Napier-Kirby relationship or, you know, it doesn't have to be a Kirby-Saban relationship. It don't have to be that close. Um, but you can, I, I, I would I would think it's somebody who's pretty familiar with Napier and somewhat coaching tree familiar-wise with Austin Armstrong. And his scheme, I yeah. think, scheme fit. Well, to go by that, I'll tell you that uh, uh, Etheridge and 
Austin Armstrong were both at Louisiana in 2018. So with Napier. Yep. Okay. Huh? Yeah, I think that's why his name kind of shot up late yesterday today. Um, it does seem like Ethel would mind Belk. I wouldn't mind Belk. It just seems like if Georgia wants him, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's Georgia a, wants him, then yeah. That's a foregone conclusion that he would probably go there. Um, how much is you yeah. know how, how much truth to, is there that uh, Kirby got got interest there? Um, I think you can ask ourselves that question. Uh, but yeah, Etheridge, Belk, and Corey Bell. Um, you know, it kind of coming out today that he'd have interest. I think, you know. Coming from those three, we we've done Corey Bell twice, haven't we? He, as what was he? He was here in seventeen, right? McElwain's last year's DB coach, and, then, and, did, and didn't we and beg, then, beg him to, for, to rehire him? Like everybody went crazy. Well, and then he was player person. Yeah, he was um, director of player personnel in twenty one, and then Napier. Okay. And he hung around a little bit before he ended up leaving. Okay. Under under Napier, yeah, that's right. Okay, that doesn't have anything to do with our search, but find a little interesting that Vanderbilt just announced that they fired their OC and demoted their DC. Hmm. We do not play Vanderbilt next year. Didn't uh? Well, that's disappointing. Didn't uh? Didn't Shepard enter 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 the portal today? Or is going to enter the portal? Wasn't that announced? I hadn't seen that yet. I mean, that would be big. I thought I saw that. Yeah, I'm pretty- I don't want Doug Belk or Corey Bell. If you look at their all-time recruit list, it is. <laughs> it is. I said both of them combined. I can't, I can't find anything on Will Shepard. Yeah. I mean, who's out there that we think is an ace recruiter that we can get? I mean, see, that's ultimately, another, yeah, we need one. See, that's another thing. Uh, somebody, uh, you know, uh, had that conversation today um, with with some, and I just don't, I don't know. You know, is there a, is there a just can't miss dynamite recruiter out there? I don't know. I've heard some people clamoring for uh, Demarcus Van Dyke or something like that. Yeah, I have no idea why, why, yep. what that's about either, because there's nothing to that. <laughs> List either. Pretty. I did see. I did see his in DVD. I did see his initials pop up today. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hopping on here. What thanks you- for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Hot and heavy. Um, I'm sure. You know, we'll certainly keep an eye and ear out for ETN, see if that's going to officially come down or not one way or the other. Uh, so hopefully it works out, uh, you know, where he sticks around. But uh, we'll keep our eye out for that. Um, that's probably episode worthy, uh, I think. So there'll be another episode to get straight down. If, uh, uh, good news or bad news, I guess I should say, uh, on, on that one. So, uh, but... I think with all the news today, it certainly was a, a good day to get with you guys to discuss it all. Hey, Dave. Yeah. I missed the 
the first few minutes. Uh-huh. Um, did you talk at all about any expected news on like on like our coaching firings? I mean, do you have anything on that? Uh, as far as what, like uh, any more any more firings? Yeah, any any more rumors or anything even at this point? Because no, on, on offense, I would say like I'd go back a little a little earlier. Offensive line, I still think one may happen. I think sales sticks and maybe Stapleton. Um, Billy G, I'm a little questionable on. I don't know. I, I'd probably say lean. I, 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 way it sounds right now, probably not as much move on the offensive side as originally thought. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, guys. Thanks for hopping on. 